This hour, in fact, every minute of both hours of Neil Sperry's Texas Gardening is presented by your North Texas Ace Hardware dealers. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. And now, here's Neil. Thank you, Stuby, and good afternoon. Good afternoon. And uh, we are here live on this 11th of September, and I welcome you. I hope you're having a great day so far, and I hope it's a, a great day the rest of the day. Happy birthday ahead of this day by one day for our grandson, Alex. Alex will turn 20 tomorrow. You know how you normally go out and buy the newspapers for people that you care a lot about? Like the day they're, day after they're born. The day they're born, I should say. Didn't buy any of those. They were not newspapers I wanted uh, 20 years ago tomorrow. But uh, anyway... We sure were glad to get Alex and have been every day since. So anyway, happy day to you, and we're here to talk about gardening on this day, and I hope you'll give us a call. And uh, let me turn my cards around here. I have the wrong program lined up here. I'll be giving you the wrong phone number and giving credit to another uh, wonderful producer that I have of my morning program that goes statewide. Mike Bass gets credit for this one, and good or bad, Mike gets all the credit. There you are. It's a kind of a... Uh, Kind of a gamble Mike takes, but uh, anyway, if you call, that's the first voice you'll hear. It'll be Mike's. Very nice person. 888-787-KLIF, 888-787-5543. Call right now, won't you please, and let's get those phone lines filled up. We uh, we have access to five phone lines. I've never felt compelled to use five, though, because it would make you wait too long. And so we use uh, three of them. We use one to call another, and that ties up two of them, and the other three are remaining for you to access. 888-787-KLIF, 888-787-5543. There are a lot of things that need to be done in the middle part of September, and we can talk about those. But I'm going to leave that up to you to get it started. If I need to, I'll drop a few topics in, but hopefully I won't need to. Today's SPCA of Texas dog is Bella. Now, you need to hear about Bella. I read this uh, to my wife yesterday when this uh, cleared from the SPCA of Texas. I showed her the picture of Bella, who just looks like a really happy dog. Two-year-old American Bulldog mixed with a big body and an even bigger heart, weighing in at 80 pounds. Now, you, th- you think about that, and you think about an American Bulldog, and, and, and as I describe Bella, you think about all that. Bella is big beautiful and bustling with energy. She came to the SPCA from an unfortunate circumstance, but has since gotten her groove back and let her personality shine. Bella has the cutest, squishiest face that you won't be able to resist petting. She loves to snuggle, always offers a big wag of her tail when you give her attention. Often she'll greet you with a toy in her mouth signaling that Bella is ready to play. Bella loves to play with all kinds of toys. She's especially fond of games of tug and fetch. And I'll bet that Bella's pretty good at those. She loves how to sit on command. She's eager to learn more tricks in exchange for a tasty treat or two treats. Due to her staggering size, the SPCA of Texas thinks Bella would do best in a home with children ages 15 and up. She would prefer to be the only pup in the home so she can soak up all of your love and attention. Bella is eligible for a trial adoption so you can take her home and see how things go before you make the adoption official. This week, for Clear the Shelters, the SPCA of Texas offers free adoptions from September 13 to 19. The SPCA of Texas is happy to partner with Park Place dealerships to find even more pets loving homes. Don't miss this opportunity to meet your new furry family member at the SPCA of Texas. Bella is one such, and she's waiting to meet you at the SPCA of Texas, Jan Reese Jones Animal Care Center in Dallas. Just like all of the SPCA of Texas pets, Bella has been spayed, microchipped, and she's had all of her age-appropriate vaccines. Bella is waiting for her new forever family at the SPCA of Texas Jan Reese Jones Animal Care Center at 2400 Lone Star Drive at I-30 west of Hampton Road. The Jan Reese Jones Animal Care Center is open for adoptions every day from noon until 6. Animals are available for walk-in on a first-come, first-served basis. Appointments are also available for select animals. Now, let me tell you again 
that this is Clear the Shelter Week. The SPCA of Texas offers free adoptions from September 13 to September 19. And uh, this being the uh, 11th, um, you know, I don't see any reason for you to wait. Get on out there and see Bella, and why don't you adopt her today, and I'll bet they'll work a deal with you. They want to find a nice home for Bella. Please uh, browse the SPCA of Texas Available Animals at spca.org slash findapet. Visit spca.org slash dogadopt to inquire about a dog or spca.org slash catadopt to inquire about a cat. If anybody says, hey, that starts on Monday, you uh, tell them, call Neil, and uh, and I'll, I'll uh, if you're adopting Bella, I'll pick up that fee if there is a fee. I don't think there will be a fee. It starts uh, 13th through the 19th. Yeah, For Bella, I'll pick up the fee if there is one. I want to get her adopted. So I think she'll be free to you, but there's uh, coverage there. Um, that's the SPCA of Texas Pet of the Week, sponsored today by Arborological Services. These are tree experts. They are great experts, serving the Metroplex with the finest in tree care since 1981. They have 12 International Society of Arboriculture certified arborists. I was telling somebody about what a certified arborist is today, and they said, oh, my goodness, that sounds pretty impressive. And I said, well, it is. They have passed a tough exam that proves that they really know what they're doing around trees. And uh, the uh, folks at Arborological Services are college-degreed plant pathologists, horticulturists, and foresters. That also proves that they know what they're doing around trees. Three of their people have been selected as Arborists of the Year for the great state of Texas for this whole state. And there's only one person a year selected in that capacity. And in the 20 years that award has been handed out, three of the people uh, have been uh, employees of Arborological Services. And they're still there. They have uh, an 11-time Texas State Tree Climbing Champion on their team. In fact, Miguel Pastanis comes to our house with his crew and does the work on our trees. This is the company you want, from complete tree maintenance programs all the way to really unusual, exotic things, such as lightning arrest and consultation, damage assessment and appraisal, cabling and bracing. They do it all. If it has to do with trees... You bet this is the company to call. Beware of the competitors. Beware of the imitation companies. You want Arborological Services. They're on my website. Their website is arborological.com. The phone number is 866-552-7267. Arborological Services, Inc. on Facebook. The Tree Experts. No spaces. On Twitter. Arborological Services, 866-552-7267. I'm Alan from Hewlin Ace Hardware in Fort Worth. When you need reliable, localized help and those great Scott's products, come to us. We're the helpful hardware folks. And now, back to Neil. Thank you, Alan, very, very much. Appreciate that. And uh, he is one of the leaders of their uh, team of 30 owners and, and stores around the Metroplex. And uh, I appreciate them very, very much. They are the ones who sponsor uh, these uh, two hours of my programming. And I hope that you'll get into Ace Hardware, and I hope you'll look for an owner, a manager, and let them know that you listen to the program and that you appreciate their sponsoring. And uh, the uh, Scott's Products do uh, sponsor, and uh, they all handle Scott's Products. And we go right now to our first call of the day, and it's Scott. I don't think it's quite the same Scott. He probably wishes he had part of that that uh, income. Scott from North Richland Hills. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm not doing too bad, Neil. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How can I help you? Well, I just want to say I've enjoyed listening to you for years. Thank you very okay. much. All right. Well, uh, I'm calling about uh, Palmetto, uh, St. Augustine. We had a, uh, a nice lawn late yesterday. And uh, they did a very professional job. They used a sod cutter to get the old lawn up. Uh, they leveled the lawn. Um, let me see. Well, they laid the grass and rolled it. Okay. okay? And fitted everything in. And I have two issues, okay? Because I read in your last newsletter about advising against laying uh, St. Augustine this late. 
Mm-hmm. And also, I, I did this, and this is a mistake, okay, I was told. I put out pre-emergent weed killer uh, just in case we didn't get the lawn laid. And I laid, I put out that pre-emergent, I think the third week of August, and, and about the middle, middle of August, I used image weed killer, okay, for the same reason, just in case something happened and we didn't get the lawn laid. So anyway, uh, the people that laid the lawn, uh, the, the head guy said that he was concerned about the chemicals, and he was not afraid of the cold. So what do you think about those? He was not was afraid? He, not afraid of the cold. Oh, okay, but he was concerned about the, uh, the, the pre-emergent? That and the image. And the image, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm actually afraid of all of them. The, the problem with the cold is we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, last year we had our first killing freeze in late October. Last year was just not a very good winter. That didn't hurt much, uh, and it probably, probably would not have hurt uh, shrubs and trees and things, but it certainly took us out of the tomato growing business extraordinarily huh. early. And it might have hurt new sod. Um, if you if you evaluate uh, October 26 or 7, whatever the date was, and and uh, September 10, um, those are just about six weeks apart, and and the grass won't have a, much of a chance to get uh, established and and to get its roots started. If it gets cold and stays cold this winter, then that could be a problem. On the other hand, if it if it's a balmy fall and and uh, a mild winter, then you're in good shape. the The problem is we don't know what's coming, and uh, the most important thing you can do is is not overdo anything between now and spring. Don't don't fertilize it very much. Don't overwater it. Uh, don't don't water it too much. But certainly don't let it get dry during the winter. Dry St. Augustine is much more likely to be hurt by cold than, than properly watered St. Augustine. So if you go um, seven or eight or ten days without rain, then then water your lawn, uh, regardless of the temperature. Just don't let it get dry. But uh, Say that last part again, please. Yeah, if you if it's been seven or eight or ten days since you had a rain, I would water your lawn. Uh, that's really pretty traditional uh, suggestion, unless you have a really well-established St. Augustine lawn, and then you could go a couple of weeks without watering. Uh, people overwater St. Augustine, and, and especially if they have a sprinkler system that is just set to run every Tuesday and Friday or something. Uh, you don't want to do that. So, But I, the main thing is just don't let it go into a cold spell dry. That will be the only thing you can really do to help it through the winter, and and uh, short of covering it with frost cloth or something, which would be really odd. Um, no. As far as the weed killers are concerned, I don't know what to tell you. I, uh, they are effective, or I wouldn't recommend them. I don't know so much about the image, but I know uh, the pre-emergent will slow the root growth. That's the way that they work, and so I hope that I hope it won't slow it too much. And that's all I have. I don't have much else to say. I, you know, I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have done all the things you did. I, I probably, when you were putting out the pre-emergent, I probably would have planted the St. Augustine then and not used the pre-emergent at all. But that's not why you called me, and I, I don't want to make you stay awake between now and, and March. Yeah, I know it looked pretty bad after I put that image out. It killed about everything because it turned out that we had mostly weeds. Well... Okay, well, that may have been another type of image other than the uh, the type intended for nutsedge. Well, this uh, is know. a made for southern grass, made for broad and uh, grassy. Yeah, that's that's one of the add-ons that that image brought in. Those just complicated things so terribly. I I uh, don't have a lot of experience with those because I don't like to recommend them. Image to me is the original image which was intended to be used to eliminate nutsedge, only nutsedge. <laughs> And when I recommend image, it's only for that that product and that use. Um, so I agree with your installer. I think that's uh, kind of a loose cannon in this. You're just going to have to wait and see. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, he's got control of our lawn irrigation through this. You know, wild your your phone's kind of drifting away a little bit. I can't okay. hear you. Okay. Yeah, he's got control of our irrigation system through this wireless app, Hunter. You know, irrigation system. Right. And he's controlling it for the next two weeks. So good. 
Anyway, we got the boss in charge. So listen, I sure appreciate your time, Neil. Okay. Yeah, the next two weeks are important, but I'm talking about in January. If you go dry for a couple of weeks, you need to water then, because January, late December, January, February, are the times it could get really cold, and that's when you're going to lose the St. Augustine, not the next mm. two weeks. Yeah. So anyway, okay. get that control back and watch it yourself. Learn how to operate that system, and and ask him to watch, to look in on it, and make sure. I had our okay. installer look at our system uh, two days ago and help me with a couple of things because there are parts of it I yeah. didn't understand. Yeah, I better run, but hopefully that will help, right, Scott. Sir. Good luck with it. Good luck with it. All right, folks, the line is open, and I don't have a lot of calls right now, so I'd love to have some calls from you and uh, all your close friends. 888-787-KLIF, 888-787-5543. Call now, won't you please? Yeah, I'm aware there are college football games on TV right now. I get that. And I'd love to have uh, some people on the phone right now, too. That'd be good. You can do both. And just take a hiatus for a couple minutes while we talk on the phone, and you can go right back to doing whatever you want to do. But call now, 888-787-5543. You can pause the football game. You can't pause me. 3 o'clock, I'm done. I'm going to dinner with my wife and grandson. So there you are. Niels Ferry's Lone Star Gardening is my latest book. It is your go-to gardening reference. I self-published so that I would have the book I wanted to have in the first place 40 years ago when I did my cowboy boot book. This is the one I wanted to have. Lone Star Gardening. It's not in stores and it's not on Amazon, so don't go in there looking for it and don't ask somebody to buy it for you expecting them to go into a store and buy it. The only way you can get it is from my website, or by calling my office. It is uh, it is a much better book than the old Cowboy Boot book, which I did in 1981 and redid. Uh, let's do take two on that. I did in 1982 and redid in 1991. That book is uh, very much outdated now. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening uh, is, uh, is uh, 344 pages in size. It's a hardback on high-quality paper. And uh, it has 344 of my best, I'm sorry, it's 840 of my best photos on those 344 pages. And it covers every aspect of outdoor lawns, landscapes, annuals, perennials, fruit and vegetables. Everything about your outdoor landscape and garden. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening and things you have to know to get started for all of those different types of plants. Chapter 2 is the calendar. 48-page calendar, 4 pages per month of when to do all the important tasks. And then all those individual uh, chapters on trees and shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, and fruit and vegetables. I will guarantee your satisfaction with this book or I'll refund every penny you spend. 67,000 copies I have sold and signed, and no one has asked for a refund yet. But if it happens, I'll tell you, and I'll refund that money without any question. Now, the two ways you can buy it would be from my website, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, or you can order it by calling my office Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. And that number is 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is at neilsperry.com. Book is only thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage. You make one mistake in gardening, and it'll cost you more than that. This book will save and, and pay for itself. I'll guarantee it. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening at neilsperry.com. This is Neil Sperry for Advanced Foundation Repair. I hope you never need their services, but if you do, you will be so glad they're available. Their estimates are absolutely free. Their work is guaranteed for the lifetime of the house. Give them a call for that free home inspection. 214-333-0003. They are the best. I know from firsthand experience. That's Advanced Foundation Repair. 214-333-0003. Oh, they are the best. We've used their services, and we have been mightily pleased with their work. And I'm going to tell you right now that uh, Wortham Brothers Roofing Company, same thing applies there. We had a new Wortham Brothers roof installed on our home. Oh, I need to go back and look. 
I think it's two years ago this spring. Might have been three years ago this spring. Time flies when you're having fun. Texas Premier Roofing Contractor. They've been serving the entire North Texas area with the finest in roofing since 1986. You've seen their red trucks going all over the Metroplex. They are the best. The best it gets. They use the finest quality roofing. They do all kinds of roofs. You uh, may very well have seen their uh, their company out there doing jobs in composition roofs, clay and concrete tile, metal, slate roofs. They do flat roofs. They do new. They do residential re-roofing. They do it all. If you've had storm damage to your roof or just think you might have, contact Wortham Brothers Roof Roofing Company. Let them come out, go up on your roof. You have no business going on your roof. Number one, it's not safe for you up there. And number two... Unless you're in the roofing business, you probably don't know what you're looking for up on the roof. I didn't. And uh, they found where the leaks were happening in our roof, and they put an end to those leaks. Oh, they're good. Wortham Brothers Roofing Company, the company that's built on integrity, quality, and innovation. The roofing company I'm proud to recommend and have been doing so for many, many years. The roofing company that's been on my roof, our roof, and put a new roof on. And we're thrilled to recommend them. Wortham Brothers Roofing Company, 972 562 5788. Unless you're listening from some great distance away, the odds are quite good that they'd be happy to serve you. 972-562-5788. WBRoofing.com. Wortham Brothers Roofing Company. I'm Bill Jablonowski from Jabo's Ace Hardware in Keller, Capel, and Fort Worth. When you need reliable, localized help in those great grilling products, come to us. We're the helpful hardware folks. And now back to Neil. Not one, not two, but three stores. Thank you, Bill, very, very much. Let's go to Don in Alito. Don, this is Neil. Good afternoon. Hey, Neil. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I, uh, I, I want to get your recommendation on something. I had a very well-established, probably 15-year-old Tuscarora crate myrtle that yeah. uh, it, it didn't it didn't die, but it there was enough winter damage to it that I had to cut it back to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I cut it back to the ground and had my intention was to get and I did get a Sarah's favorite white and I put it about 20 inches away from that the Tuscarora. Oh my! And I, I've just been experimenting with the Tuscarora to see you know how it would come back and everything, and it bloomed and. My wife really likes the color. My my question is, what what are your thoughts about just leaving them side by side like that and letting them just kind of both grow? I think that would not be a good plan. Um, they okay. will not necessarily bloom at the same time, so your idea of having a bouquet of the two colors would not work. They will they will not necessarily have the same growth habit. Um, I don't know which would be the taller. But uh, Tuscarora is likely to freeze back again. Uh, we have yep. Tuscarora as the very first plants in our crepe myrtle trails of McKinney plantings out of eight or 10,000 that have been planted. They were the first uh, 25 to be planted at the intersection of uh, El Dorado and Hardin on the east side of, of uh, that intersection. And they have frozen badly three times since they were planted in, in uh, 1999. And I really regret that. It's a beautiful variety, but it seems to be it and Natchez and uh, Muscogee, but even, even Tuscarora more than the others, seem to be really hurt by, by cold. Early cold gets them worse than, than uh, yeah, I would agree low with temperatures. That. Yeah, and, and so uh, Sarah's favorite white, I love that white. If you like white, that one is the, is the, the hero plant. There's a story with that one. I don't know if you've heard the story, but it, it, it's uh, it's a great one, and they they both deserve space to be their superstars on their own. I'd I'd sure separate okay. them. They need to be twenty uh, yeah, feet apart, I, not twenty inches. Right. Well, knowing that, I think I'll just take down the Tuscarora because I have had other damage to it. This this wasn't yeah. the first year, and I really am disappointed in that. And and this year. Uh, ours there at Hardin and El Dorado have done the very same thing. You hate to cut them clear to the ground. 
Um, but that is the quickest way to get them restored. And, and the city worked with us and didn't cut them back. We said, you know, I think there's enough growth there. We drove the, the trails and we said, I think there's enough growth there to, to retrain them. And they've worked really hard to do that. And they just haven't had the vigor. They'd have been better. The trees would have been better off had they been cut back and allowed to regrow. So it's, yeah, I, I was amazed. I was amazed how how quickly they come back. Aren't they Those something? They're probably six feet tall. Yeah, yeah, they're like perennials. They just they keep coming. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, but they need to be right. they need to be farther apart. Okay, thank you so much for your uh, recommendation. Thank You're you. welcome. Where'd you find your Sarah's favorite white? Uh, where did I find that? I it was at Callaway's. Callaway's on Greenland. Good, good deal. I just wanted to. I took. Just took a chance there. I was going to give credit to anybody who had it because I had such a good one. I'm glad they had it for you. Well, have a good day. Take care. Thank you. you. All right, Bryant and Brian, our next two calls up. Stay with me, if you will, please. Wild Birds Unlimited. They are about uh, 100 yards from that intersection that I just described uh, in the McKinney store. And then there's the Dallas store at 5715 West Lover's Lane next to Nicholson Hardy Nursery and Garden Center. That's where I got my first Natchez in 1977. And the Dallas store on East Mockingbird, northwest corner of Abrams, 6333 East Mockingbird Lane. Everything relates, in my mind, to to uh, Craig Myrtles. Isn't that strange? Let me uh, now start officially the Wild Birds Unlimited ad. Hummingbirds have arrived. They are flying through the air with the greatest of ease, and they are on their way south as they migrate for the wintertime. And Wild Birds Unlimited can make their stop just a joyous stop in your landscape, in your backyard garden. If you'll stop in and look at their their uh, their wonderful hummingbird feeders, they have the high perch feeders that are proprietary to the Wild Birds Unlimited stores across the nation. These are fabulous. The hummingbirds are just flocking around ours, and uh, I think you'll find that they are the best hummingbird feeders you have ever used. Yes, they cost more. They're not these little throwaway things that you find in the five and dime stores these are the real hummingbird feeders that you want and they'll help you then with the uh, uh, with the right uh, mix of uh, food and how to place them so that the hummingbirds will have the best chance to find them and they'll have all kinds of guidance for you for the wild birds in your backyard not just hummingbirds but all the other kinds stop by any of the three stores that sponsor my programming and let them get you as excited as we are at our house the the three stores that sponsor are Dallas 5715 West Lovers Lane, just barely west of the Dallas North Tollway. That's next to Nicholson Hardy Nursery and Garden Center. In East Dallas, and that's at 6333 East Mockingbird Lane, northwest corner of Abrams, and that McKinney store at 3001 South Harden, just south of El Dorado Parkway, and just barely two stores south of Tom Thumb. You can find them on the web at www.wbu.com slash dfw. Too many W's in there. It's wbu.com slash dfw. Wild Birds Unlimited, bringing people and nature together. When you wake up. The crisis at the border. When you work. Reopening our economy. When you drive home. This escalation of violence. What's happening right now. All day. Update your day at the top and bottom of each hour. Keep myself as updated as possible. On Real News and Information, 570-KLIF, com. Niels Ferry's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter that comes from my computer to your email and uh, email box. And that's every Thursday, just a little after 6 p.m. It's, uh, it comes to mind at 6.02 every week, just almost like clockwork, you might say. There are always five stories in eGardens. One of the stories is always a featured plant of the week, something very timely to that week. One of the stories is always gardening this weekend, where I outline the most critical tasks for the following three days. So you can read what you need to get done on Thursday evening and then pick up whatever necessary materials you might need uh, on Friday while you're out shopping. Have them ready for Friday evening, Saturday, or Sunday. And then always a featured question of the week, something that has come up repeatedly. So that's what you get in Neil Sperry's eGardens, plus a couple of other stories. I write almost all of eGardens. Diane Sitton did a wonderful story on decorating uh, mailboxes uh, this week, and Stephen Shambly will join us for a 
who knows what story this coming week. Take a look at eGardens. You'll see it on my website. That's where you sign up for it. I'll never give or sell your email address to anybody. I never spam you either. You get one thing a week from me, and that's eGardens. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. Go to N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Click on the eGardens tab, and you're on your way. You can see the latest issue always there. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. It's time now for a little bitty garden tip. I think you'll find it useful. Our topic right now is shrubs for shade, but sometimes a long bed will go out into the sun as well. Hollies can handle that transition. Hollies in the shade may be more open with twigs and stems visible. Hollies in the sun will be dense and compact, but all of them will survive and thrive. The lowest of the hollies would be dwarf yopon, dwarf Chinese, and carissa holly. Next up in size would be dwarf burford. They'll get four to five feet tall, six feet if you don't trim them as often. At eight or nine feet tall, willow leaf, also called needlepoint, and burford. And at nine or ten feet tall, Mary Nell hollies. The best of the large types for our area would be Nellie R. Stevens, Yopon, and Possum Haw hollies. There are some wonderful hollies, and you need to consider them. They do well in sun, but they really do well in the shade. I have more gardening tips for you each Thursday evening in eGardens, my free weekly electronic newsletter. Sign up at neilsperry.com. All right, and let me tell you, out of all that cold back in February, the one group of plants at our home, and my landscape is made up almost exclusively of hollies. I have about 35 kinds of hollies in my landscape. Um, I have a lot of other plants as well. I have a lot of mahonias and andinas and other things, but the one group of plants that was not hurt by the cold was the hollies. So hats off to the hollies. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks, and Ace is the place that sponsors this program, both hours of this program. They are the overriding sponsors of this program. So I hope you'll get in and tell them thanks for that. They are offering Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard Fall Lawn Food 32010 for all grass types, enough to cover 5,000 square feet. Now, that is really a significant fertilizer because it is a high nitrogen fertilizer, very high nitrogen, and there is no phosphorus. That is critical. You don't want phosphorus. Stop by your locally owned North Texas Ace retailer. Find a great deal on Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard Fall Lawn Food for $21.99. And there's an extra $2 savings for Ace Rewards members, a limit of two bags. Fall is the best time to feed. And Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard Fall Lawn Food would be perfect. You get it at Ace Hardware with that extra $2 savings for Ace Rewards members. You just give them your Ace Reward number, and that's probably going to be your cell phone number, and they just take that $2 right off each bag, limit of two. Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard Fall Lawn Food. Build strong, deep roots for a better lawn next spring. The lawn food is formulated to deliver the nutrients lawns need in the fall to repair damage from the heat, the drought, and the activity of the summer. And it improves your lawn's ability to absorb water and nutrients versus unfed turf grass. Apply it to any type of grass, whether it's St. Augustine, Bermuda, Zoysia, or buffalo grass even. Ace stores, they're parts of our neighborhoods, each owned by a member of the community, so you're getting help from people you already know. They're your neighbors, they're your friends, they are the helpful hardware folks. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. At the top in 30 minutes past the hour. We get to the bottom. Here's the bottom line of today's top stories. Excessive heat. Russian border wall. Our economy. Families are paying more for top of mind awareness. Real news and information. 570 KLIF. I hope that you will uh, go to my website, neilsperry.com, and take a look around, because that's where you find my book, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. That's where you sign up for eGardens, and that's where you find my 1,001 Frequently Asked Questions. All of that and a whole lot more available to you. In fact, I have a, uh, a write-up on Rose Rosette Virus that I just leave archived there for you so that you can always find the uh, the solution. It's been there for two or three years, and because that, that problem has not changed, 
And uh, the solutions have not changed. I just leave it right there for you. Uh, all of that available to you at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. I'm Michael Stone from Stone's Ace Hardware in Casa View in East Dallas. Whether you're looking for help with your home, your garden, your grilling, or even your home brewing, come see Jen and I at the corner of Gus Thomason and Ferguson. And now back to Neil. That is a wonderful husband-wife combination. They are so happy and proud of their story uh, store, happy to be there, and uh, it's uh, they're glad to help you and to serve you. Let's go to Bryant in Dallas. Bryant, this is Neil. Good afternoon. How you doing, Neil? Doing well. Thank you, sir. What can I do to help you? I'm having trouble getting my rosemaries to, 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 to stay. You know, they start dying on me. I don't know whether I'm putting them in a bad place. I, the last one that I got back in the spring, I got it in a big pot, and it was doing good. And all at once, it looked it started dying, looks like, from the sides. And now the whole plant's nearly dead. So some people say it needs to be it's a desert plant, needs to be dry, and other people say, so I don't know whether I tried not to overwater it for a while and it didn't get any better. So I'm not for sure what exactly I'm doing. What wrong. size? What size pot do you have it in? The one before was uh, well, I got it in the ground. I bought one in a pot. It's about a gallon size or bigger, maybe. Uh, it was pretty good size. The pot was about eight inches in diameter and about you know it's a good size. But but the one plant. that. Okay, I, I got mixed up. I'm sorry. I, I thought you were growing it in a container. You have it in the ground. Well, I've done both, but this one is in the ground, and I thought it was doing good. About, okay, you know, I, I got all I got all that. Uh, so okay. you're losing them both in a container and then ones that you have planted in the ground. Yes, sir. All right. Rosemary plants uh, need... Um, they need a fair amount of moisture, but they need to be well-drained. And in other words, uh, you don't want to plant them on flat ground in a low area where, where uh, during wet periods, they're going to soak up a lot of uh, uh, moisture. Uh, our soils tend to get wet and stay wet unless, unless we have a plant growing on a, on a berm or in a raised bed. Rosemary would be a great plant to, to use in a raised bed where it's up four or five inches above the surrounding grade, either by a retaining, little retaining wall or a, a, a an edging strip or a, a slight berm or something where incident water from rainfall would drain away and go out into the yard and down the street or whatever. You don't want to plant it in a low spot. In a pot, I find people tend to buy a plant, put it in a pot where it looks just right at home in the in the pot, and then the plant gets bigger than the pot and it gets root bound and and they let them get too dry. Rosemary doesn't wilt. And so you don't really realize that the plant has gotten too dry. Um, and and so uh, in one case when they're in the ground, uh, often people have them in places where they could get waterlogged and when they're in pots, often they're in pots that are too small and they get too dry. So it's it's both extremes. It, it yeah, well, often... I mean, the one I got is uh, in a place it shouldn't be getting waterlogged, you know what I mean? So I was kind of, you know, happy with it for about a couple of months and then all at once. Right. And I don't know if because it's been a lot hotter or something. or No, they can handle the heat. What month did yeah. it die outside, uh, the well, one in the ground? What, in, what month? Uh, it's been dying for about the last month. All right. Well, it may have gotten dry also. A new plant doesn't have roots going far and wide. Usually with rosemary, unless you have a really cold winter, uh, and if you have chosen a, a more upright variety, the, the taller varieties tend to be much uh, more winter hardy. In my experience, and my observations, the uh, taller varieties tend to go through our winters better than the, the, the trailing types. Uh, uh-huh. And if you're in a protected spot or if you have it tucked up against the house, it'll have a better chance of making it through a cold spell. But anyway, to my point, uh, if you can get it established and it's been growing for a year, then the roots are out far and wide and, and uh, it's not uh, at risk to dry up. But a new plant that's only been in the ground for a, a month or two, it's pretty easy to let them get too dry. Brian, I can't, I can't figure oh, out, I, <laughs> I can't figure out without seeing the plant and watching you operate what might have killed it. They, they don't have a common problem that I can point my finger at and say, hey, it's got to be such and such because there isn't any such and such with rosemary. They're, they're pretty durable plants. It's usually yeah, related so. to moisture. Okay. All right. I'll try to maybe, maybe it's 
getting dry, drier than I'm thinking in the ground. So it I'll only, try to yeah, it only takes it. one time. You need to check them every day or two and just feel the soil. And when it begins to feel a little bit dry to the touch, soak it deeply and then wait for that cycle to happen again and soak it again. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate You're it. welcome very much. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Brian in Dallas now. Brian, this is Neil. Good afternoon. Let me get you off my speaker there. Good to speak to you. Thank you. Again, after Thank all you. these years. Thank you. Uh, in the last several weeks, you were speaking to somebody about elephant ears, and I only caught the conversation on and off. And part I remember was you were discussing the difference in tubers and bulbs and how to winter them. And I've got some of the, the giant ones where the bulbs went in the ground about the size of a football or a one-pound coffee can, and they're as tall as I am or close to it. And I lost a few of the newer ones when it hit four degrees. Most of the other ones have come back just fine. Is there any tip or rhyme or reason on how to winter those best? Well, the whole group of caladiums and colocaceas are handled you can dig them if you want to and store them. Uh, caladiums are a different uh, a different situation. I guess I shouldn't lump them together. I prefer to leave my elephant ears out in the ground and put mulch over them if I'm going to do anything. Usually, in my case, they, they come back, and we're in a colder area than you are. We're in McKinney, and, and you'll notice that Denton and McKinney are usually colder than the Dallas area If you because of the urban heat pocket. If you have... Um, have them in a fairly protected spot. I would take shredded tree leaves that you get off your lawn in the fall and just pile them up over them, uh, shredded through the lawnmower, and, and pile them over the elephant ears after the first freeze, or even as they're wilting down uh, f- before the first freeze, and just leave that in place as a thermal blanket for them, and they should make it through almost all winters. Last year was an aberration. Uh, people who were growing banana plants and elephant ears and uh, other things that were marginally winter hardy uh, took a, took a chance and uh, and some of them lost on their gamble. Some of us lost on our gambles, and we had to replant. And uh, so, but normally you'll you'll get you'll get them to come back. But one thing that you will notice, Brian, is that when they come back the second year, the leaves will not be as large as they were the first year. They do go downhill, and after three or four years, you'll probably say, I think I'm just going to buy some new ones and, and start the cycle again. That's always been my uh, my experience. It's it's worth okay. it. They're still pretty, but they're just not quite as, as spectacular. Well, and I have some groups that are five and ten years old, and, and they have declined in size slightly. Right. Do you typically dig those and divide them, or do you just let them go and replace them? I do the latter, and um, uh, eventually they get small enough that that I just, uh, it's time to rework the beds. And and they need a lot of organic matter and a lot of moisture, and and organic matter decays and plays out over time. And so I will will just dig them out and and rework the bed and start over again. It, It works better. I don't know that you have to do that, but I, I see most or a lot of people doing that, most people doing that. Well, I've watched how they do them out at the Arboretum, and that's that's how they do them. Yes. Uh, and they're usually in raised beds, and those are always out before mine are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't know if you dug them and divided them like other bulbs, and they got bigger after division. No. Or no, you just I, bought new ones. No, you're buying new ones that have been grown in, in very uh, uh, tropical areas. Uh, I don't think many in the world realize that uh, I think it's 95% of the caladiums. Now, they're so closely related, I'm, I am going to revert back to talking about caladiums. 95% of the caladiums in the world are grown in two counties in South Florida. And when Hurricane Andrew came through, it went right through those two counties and almost annihilated the world's caladium production 25 years ago. So it's, it, uh, they, you know, they get into that situation, and they can produce better bulbs, and we can uh, perpetuate in our landscapes. Okay, well, I'll, I'll cycle them through over the years because at at fifteen or twenty dollars a bulb, I don't want to go through and do twenty of them at a time. No, I understand <laughs> they are pricey. They sure are. I didn't realize they'd gotten that high. Last ones yeah, I bought the, were about for the large 10, twelve. Ones, that's that's 
that's going price. Yep. Oh my goodness gracious. Have you? Okay, uh, well, thank you, sir. You've you bet. Helpful. Thanks for the call so much. Have a great day. Bye bye. Okay, Kevin and Keller, you'll be coming up next, folks. We have two open lines. If you'd like to have one of them, it's yours. But you have to dial it. It's eight 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 seven eight seven K L I F eight eight eight. Seven eight seven five five four three. You will get on the air if you wait uh, for me because I'm here another hour after this one, so got plenty of time. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is your go-to gardening reference, and I will get one to you very very quickly. I will be signing books tomorrow night and Monday morning, and we'll get them in the post office Monday afternoon or Tuesday morning, and they will be in your hands very quickly thereafter. This is a self-published book. It is, uh, as I've always said, small business. America, where uh, I own the book, I self-published it. It means you have to pay ahead of time to get the book printed, but it's worth it because that way I got to make the decisions of, do I put this in the book or not? And I leaned heavily on my editor, Carolyn Skye, who is a veteran editor. She was the senior editor at one of the main universities in California before she retired, and uh, graphic designer Cindy Smith is so good. We three have worked together on many projects for many, many years, and I knew they were the best, and I wanted them, and and to get them, I needed to self-publish. That's the whole story. 344 pages, hardback, 840 photographs, printed in San Antonio by Clear Visions, bound in San Antonio by Universal Book Bindery, all to keep fellow Texans employed, not done in China like so many publishers are doing now. It is not in stores. It's not on Amazon. Frankly, they're in my garage, and they're waiting to be signed and mailed to you. I sign every copy as it sells. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, things you have to know to get started. These things apply to all different categories of plants that we're growing, and they're things like soils and and uh, hardiness zones and climate and rainfall, things of that sort. Chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar, four pages per month, telling you everything that needs to be planted, pruned, fertilized, and protected in that month. And then chapters 3 through 11 are trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. I worked a month on each of those chapters to get it ready for you. I sign every copy as the book sells, and your satisfaction is completely guaranteed, or I will refund every penny you spend. 67,000 books sold so far. I've signed almost all of them, but no requests for refund yet. Thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage, and uh, that's all it is. So here are the two ways you can order. It's from my office or my website. Website's the better one. That's at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y. Dot com, But you can also call my office Monday through Friday, business hours, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. But the better way, as I say, is neilsperry.com. Lens Landscape Lighting not only adds beauty to your home, it's also a demonstrated security enhancement. When it comes to your greatest investment, safety and security never look so good. And Lens Landscape Lighting also makes the curb appeal of your home shine even brighter after dark. Expertly installed outdoor lighting by Lens ensures the beauty of your home never takes a night off. For more info, go to LensLighting.com. That's L-E-N-T-Z Lighting.com. Hello, friends. This is Tommy Brummett, pastor of First United Methodist Church in downtown McKinney, inviting you to join us for worship. You can join us in person, in McKinney, and in Melissa, or join us online. Find out all options at sharingtheheart.org. First United Methodist Church, where the love of God is proclaimed, and everyone is welcome. Thank you, Tommy. Tommy will join us in about an hour, and he not only is a wonderful pastor, he's a wonderful bird. 
person. And we're going to talk about birds, hummingbirds specifically, in about an hour here. He uh, is going to give us some more information on hummingbirds. Whiskey Stone, what a great day this would be to go to Whiskey Stone. They're up Monday through Saturday, and this is a lovely Saturday to go see Mike and Derek Wisnan and all the fine people at Whiskey Stone. They have landscape contractors who would not think of buying from anybody else. These are the professionals who use the beautiful stone from Whiskey Stone for their landscaping jobs. And you can do the very same thing. You get the shop where the experts shop. 22 acres of this beautiful stone. They have everything from uh, the uh, decorative gravel and river rock of all sizes, all colors, all the way to huge landscape boulders that might be used for building a fountain. They have uh, flagstone, uh, uh, patio stone, walkway stone. They have it all. That's a whiz stone, and it was just a joy the first time I went there to look around. I'll never forget that experience. I'll never forget the experience of meeting Mike and Derek when he worked at my All Texas All Garden Show, bringing stone to so many of my exhibitors. Let me just invite you to have that same experience of going to their 22-acre outdoor showroom. We'll just call it a showroom at 4501 East Loop 820 South in Southeast Fort Worth. 817-429-0822. Whiz hyphen Q dot com. That's 4501 East Loop 820 South. In Southeast Fort Worth, 817-429-0822, whiz-q.com, it's WhizQ Stone. I'm Mike from Grand Prairie Ace Hardware. We're your source of those great lawn and garden products. Count on us for friendly service you can trust. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware folks. And now back to Neil. Oh, thank you, Mike, very much. Let's go to uh, Kevin in Keller. Kevin, this is Neil. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Thank you so very much uh, for taking my call. Yes, sir. Well, two quick questions for you. One, uh, we've got a Texas ash and October glory in our front yard, and in the 10 years they've been there, they finally blossomed out and it looked great. And unfortunately, now we're on the backside of shade for the grass. And the grass is kind of, it's losing to the trees, and I'd like to replace it with some fresh sod. But what's my best choice for shade-tolerant grass? I know it always loses over the long run anyways. St. Augustine. St. Augustine? Yes, sir. It needs five or six hours of sunlight per day to survive. Uh, it is the most shade-tolerant grass that we have, but it is not shade-proof. Right. It, I, I would imagine there's no such thing as shade-proof. That's correct. There is not. How the, uh, My neighbor got the tip tough. Where does that sit? Is that just like about a eight hours. About, about eight, eight hours. Eight hours of sun. Okay. Yeah. Tip tough. Yeah, it's, it's not very tough. Okay. It now, is the hybrid Bermudas are like them right now. Beg your pardon? It, it doesn't have any trees right now, so it looks great. Well, yeah, and that's, that's true. Uh, the hybrid Bermudas have come from, and that's what that is, have come from Tifton, Georgia, and that's why they all have that Tiff name with them. But Bermuda is, needs more sun than any of our grasses. And, so the hybrid uh, so, Bermuda, okay. Yeah, that's, so St. Augustine, because it only needs five to six hours of daylight. That's okay. of sunlight, of direct sunlight, yeah. Now, yeah. that's my music for the end of the hour. Stay with me, and I'll come back to you on your other question. We'll get it. So, Roger that, sir. I'll still be here. Okay, good deal. Thank you, Kevin, very much. And we have Tom in Oak Cliff, Bill and Ponder. I'll get to each of you, and you have good questions, so stay with me, and I'll help you. Folks, I'm here every Saturday, 1 till 3, unless somebody else comes in and, and uh, boots me out. But uh, don't think that'll happen too much. Stay with me. We'll be right back. <laughs> 